0: This, this is Grayman Gray Man Media Content. Hello everyone for Grey Man Media. I am your host, Devin Gray, and this is Down to Earth with Wesley Keys. Wesley is an aspiring music artist here in Louisville, Kentucky. He is a great father to his daughter Justice and one of my closest friends. You can find him on Facebook and Snapchat at Contro underscore 23 and Instagram at Contro underscore 1295 and that is Contro with a K. Wesley how are you today? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. Thanks for being on. I appreciate it. I'm honored. Yeah, episode one of uh, Down to Earth. Um, so, Wesley, um, one of the things that I want to kind of talk about and give you the opportunity to talk about um, that I think that a lot of people might want to know, especially, especially like I know a little bit more about you than some of the other people in the group. Um, Why don't you let us know A little bit about your childhood
1: Um, Started out in Fern Creek, Kentucky My birthday is January 2nd 1995 I started out in Fern Creek, Kentucky For the first nine years of my life With my aunt and my uncle Who pretty much raised me as my parents And my aunt passed away When I was eight My biological mother passed away When I was five And then I went to go live with my dad Downtown in the inner city And from there, like just journeying back and forth, um, with my uncle is how I met you, of course, and the rest is history.
0: Yeah, I wish I was I would have prepared some questions. Um, let's let's kind of go let's let's go back a few years. Okay. Um, to your time in Fern Creek, why don't you take us there?
1: Um. First place I lived was on Wimsett Way, right down the street from Front Creek High School. Um, Then after that, we moved to Dominium Homes. I think they changed the name of the suburb. It's something different now, which is across the street from Watterson Elementary School. And I lived there for maybe two or three years. And after that, that's when I moved with my dad. Yeah. Just, um, being in the area out here, one of my closest childhood friends, Jesse, I haven't seen him in a while, shout out to him, um, he was like one of the only friends I really had until I moved out of the area, then when I moved to the suburb, crazy thing about it, I ended up next door to my cousin, who I didn't know was my cousin, then found out, Mm. and one of my other closest childhood friends, Desiree, shout out to her, by the way, we've been friends two decades next year, um... We've been friends since first grade. I still talk to her a lot. I'm very close with her family. Her family was there for me through some of the most like dramatic times like in bad times of my life when I was younger and my mom was in and out of the hospital. After she passed away when I was nine, I went to go live with my real dad downtown and I was staying back and forth from his house to my aunt's house on 37th and Garland in the West End. And going back and forth, bouncing between house and house as I went through elementary school, middle school and high school.
0: Yeah, let's can I let's let's talk about because it's that's something that's very um, I I don't I don't know how I don't. It's hard to be in that perspective unless you literally live through that. Uh What is it like, you know, losing your mother at such a at, at such an early age like a like what does that do to you as as a child and b you know how does that manifest itself into your now that you're an adult
1: um well honestly i can say on that subject that it screwed me up emotionally i'm not gonna lie to anybody i felt more alone in the world like after she left i know i was a problem child and everything else but After she left, I honestly felt like I didn't have anybody. And just growing up in a house by yourself because all of my other biological siblings were in their 20s and 30s at the time. I was pretty much isolated. I really didn't have anybody else in the house that could relate. That was around my age. I was pretty much alone. And... Going from there, it's like, I don't think I've ever been perfect emotionally because of that. That did cripple me in some way, I'm not going to lie, because my mind never grasps, like, got a good grasp on it. And I'm still, like, I still have issues with the reality to this day. But honestly, losing her at a young age put, like, fear in me, of me- and, like, honestly making me like promise myself I would never let anything happen to me while my daughter is that young so cuz I don't want her to go through what I went through mm-hmm. because losing the person you're closest to especially a parent is it's scary
0: yeah I can't I it, I it, like obviously you know I in a sense lost my father at, around the age of 10 but yeah. it was that's a very different set of, sets of circumstances you know what I mean yeah. and, um what to somebody who might be going through that a similar situation as you, what what do you wish somebody would have told you? Like, what do you know now that you would have told yourself back then? Damn, that's, that's a really good question.
1: Honestly, don't isolate yourself from people because that is the main reason, like, I've never been able to deal with death or a tragedy in my life correctly and actually... Like, talk about it. I talk to people, but at the same time, I'm very much to myself. Like, I close myself off a lot. And my dad used to tell me a lot as a kid, like, holding all that emotion back could end up backfiring badly. And it caused me to say some things and do some things I shouldn't have done and hurt people I shouldn't have hurt at a young age. Because I was so messed up that I really didn't think about how anybody else felt. I only thought about how I felt. And honestly that's the one thing i would have told myself like be more caring when somebody tries to talk to you listen don't make it all about you and like don't make yourself emotionally unavailable to everybody
0: i think that's sound advice for anyone yeah like that's that's just really solid advice like a i see that in a lot of especially with the with the way technology is is kind of separate in a way it's bringing us closer together but it also kind of separates us yeah um i think that that a lot of people are just kind of they close themselves off especially when they're dealing with uh trauma yeah i can't imagine going through that type of trauma at such an early age okay so so okay so you talked a little bit about how you know you 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 might have said some things and did some things that that you probably would not have done so what 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 specifically about embracing other people around you could have, how could that have helped?
1: Honestly, I think it would have just made life a lot better because me acting the way I used to act, I just didn't care. Like, people were there for me, but I was so closed off that I felt like nobody was. And it, it just turned out bad, man. It's like my aunt, my favorite aunt, out of all of them, she was the one who was there for me the most. She's the only person who called me and cried with me after my mom died, and I um, I did some things I really shouldn't have like done to her, like the way I w- like stealing from her, doing other things like that. It's like I hurt somebody who was genuinely there for me.
0: And do you think that was just because you were, you should have been going through a grieving process, but you were kind of just. Not going through that process at all.
1: Yeah. Even though it was years later, I mean, I still never actually coped with everything.
0: Do you think you ever faced it even to this day? Or at least properly?
1: To some degree, yes. And to some degree, no. Because I can say I've honestly never found closure. I never have. You want to go into that a little bit more? Um, I felt because she was really sick. Like when I was a kid coming up, she ended up in a wheelchair, ended up on oxygen and everything else. And I know I was kind of like, like I said, I was hard to deal with, but I know I was hard to deal with and I just caused like a lot of problems. And I don't know, man. It's kind just, just, you were just kind of a trouble, trouble yeah. kid. And mm. I didn't understand. And she, like, when I say, somebody who loves you more than, like, anything in the world, like, no matter how bad I was, she still loved me unconditionally. Yeah. And, like, that has, I don't know, man, It it's caused a lot of issues just in general. Like, I've had relationship issues and everything just because I never really coped with it. I've always blamed myself more than anybody else. Cause I thought my actions and everything I did probably took a toll on her because she was already sick. So I felt like I drove her into the grave and it was like a honest, like guilt that hung over me for a while. But my cousin told me like, I was the reason she kept pushing, even though she was very, very sick. Cause like I said, she had diabetes, she was in a wheelchair, she was on oxygen She was in and out of the hospital the last few years. She was here with me, and I felt like it was my fault. For a while, I did. Hell, I still do to some degree, but she told me, like, my cousin really told me I was the reason she wanted to hold on. She wanted to stay long enough for me. Still finding peace with that, like, it's hard. It's hard. Yep. And not being able to say goodbye.
0: That was one of the biggest regrets. Did you have that opportunity at all? No. Yeah, that must. I mean, again, I I can only empathize because I don't. I've never gone through anything, even remotely close. I mean, I think the closest thing to that would be, you know, maybe losing my cousin. But you know, we weren't all that close. Um, I mean, we were kind of younger mm-hmm. when we were younger, but um, obviously, as we grew older, it was, um, and then. You know, recently losing Kyle, obviously, was, and that was really weird for me, because that was the first time anybody that I was close to my age, like, died, and then then it's kind of like, you look inward, and you're like, fuck, man, we're really not immortal. Yeah. (laughs) There's always, there's still some of that lingering, like, teenage, like, I'm invincible, and, like, that kind of knocked it out of me.
1: And it's, like, honestly, growing up, seeing guys I either played football with, hung out in the neighborhood with, or just saw, like, in passing, like, I've seen at least probably 10 people I've known to some degree, like, end up getting killed. Yeah. Like, and it's a scary thing to think about. And that's one of the things I think that and having my child honestly pulled me away
0: from running the streets the way I used to. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Not Specifically that, but but that's kind of a segue into something else I wanted to talk to. So talk to you about. Why'd you go to Michigan, Wesley? Oh God, here <laughs> we go. For
1: those of you listening at home, I made a dumb decision because I thought it would help my growth. I ran from my problems because back in twenty fourteen I had a place of my own and I trusted people and pulled them in off the street and let them stay with me and it backfired dramatically.
0: You just being a good person. Bit, you're, bit you yeah. right in the ass
1: Yeah it did And I ended up going to Michigan With somebody who I'm close to still we talk But yeah like I went up there to stay with a friend And that whole situation turned catastrophic I ended up getting locked up And Then after I got out I was only locked up for a month by the way But um, after I got back out I was like no nah, I'm going home I'm going home
0: Yeah you did some stuff in between. Yeah. Not not really ready to talk about that.
1: No, I mean, we can.
0: Well, you, I mean, look, it was
1: only for a few weeks. I sold dope for a few weeks.
0: Yeah.
1: It wasn't a long period of time. It wasn't anything like that.
0: I think, it, I think that that's an important thing because you kind of got stuck.
1: Yeah, and I got robbed by crooked cops, by the way. Michigan, Detroit has crooked cops. What?
0: Yes. Yeah, I know you've told me this story. Tell me again.
1: So... Like one day it was when I was in the trap house up there and like literally I didn't even really open the door. They busted in the door on me, handcuffed me, asked me a thousand questions. I'm like, bro, what is going on here? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Just like, I, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know. And then they beat this chair in, took all the money out of my pocket, took the drugs I had and everything else, and it was just like But am I going to jail? Only thing they did was unhandcuff me and tell me to run, and they better not see me there again. Yeah, I'm
0: so serious. You hear about crooked cops. That's You had a run-in with some some really bad guys. Yeah, man, because they made it seem like
1: I was literally going to jail because they said you're going to take a long bus ride if you don't talk, and I'm just like, okay. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. And yeah, like I said, they unhandcuffed me and then told me to run. And me being me, I got the hell out of there. I'm not gonna (laughs) lie. Yeah,
0: good, good. I remember calling you up there. You know, you you telling me kind of like the whole, the whole situation of how you know you ended up not being where you were supposed to in Michigan in the fucking first place. Yeah, that was that's just I just remember that being such a fucking trek. Dude, those
1: four months were terrible. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to anybody. It
0: wasn't perfect at all. But you said, okay, you said something interesting. You were running from, from your problems here, um, and I know that you, you were talking about, you know, how your place burned down and all that stuff. Um, what were the series of events that led to the, to the burning of your apartment?
1: Well, um, I had a friend I used to hang out with all the time. I still talk to him. Shout out to Damon, by the way. But, like, I met two people through him, and they came over to hang out. I didn't know they were staying on the street. So they come over. They hang out. They're like, can we fix something? I'm like, yeah, cool. Go ahead. And we're just sitting there talking, smoking, everything else. We're just chilling, hanging out. And they were like, do you mind if we stay here for a night? One night turned into two. Two nights turned into three. And they were like, do you mind if we just stay here? Because I had an open room. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Because me being me, I was just there alone And everything else and Yeah, so The weekend of my apartment getting burned out You know I was out here with you And So my phone was off I cut my phone off And something was nagging me All day telling me I need to turn my phone on And I um woke up Because we had had a get together the night before And I woke up and I was just like I need to go home. Then I was like, nah. And then when I get, uh, did you guys drop me off that night? I think you guys dropped me off. I have no idea. This is so, this is, this is,
0: this is a this is a I think back. you guys
1: dropped me off, man. And uh, it was like, I thought I was going in the house to take a shower and hop in bed. And it didn't turn out that way. Next thing you know, I end up looking up. Only thing I see is the front side of my apartment just burned out. Like, windows knocked in, the door caved in and everything. All my stuff thrown in the backyard, just wet, soggy from busted pipes. I go inside and look around. I'm like, what the fuck happened? And nobody was there to be found.
0: So you don't even really know how, how the whole thing played out? No. Never? My boy From what I heard, answers. the two
1: people I uh, was staying with, one of which is dead now. I mean, they were staying with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they had got into an argument because one of them was messing around with somebody else to piss the other one off while I wasn't there. And some, I forgot what happened. Like, they said he threw, like, a lighter or set a shirt on fire and left it inside the house or something once he saw she was messing with somebody else. And that's pretty much what happened.
0: God damn. Yeah. Wesley, I'm not going to lie. Some of the stories that you have are fucking crazy. <laughs> And that's why you're here cuz you have some really fucking crazy stories. Tell me another one. What's one of the craziest stories you think you got? Oh, he's got his thinking face on. <laughs> <laughs> he's rubbing the chin and everything. <laughs> um I don't let me think. That's tough. Just pick any 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 story even if I've heard it before. It's all right. They have it. Okay, so
1: So the only time I ever popped half a Xanax in my life.
0: Oh, oh, here we go.
1: (laughs) I don't take pills like that. So me and my boys were going out. We're going to Baxter's on Barstown Road. We're going to have a fun. night. We're walking up and everything. I black out as soon as I hit the door. I heard stories about how fun the night was on my end, but like I wasn't even in my body. So I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I come to, like, right around the time we're about to leave. The club lights are coming on. Jermaine's there with me. I tap him like, all right, bro, I'm going to head out. He's like, bro, we're about to leave the club. Where are you going? And next thing you know, I end up walking down Breckenridge Lane, falling asleep on somebody's porch at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning and (laughs) and not making it home till 8.
0: Wait, 8 a.m.? Yes. (laughs) You took half a Zan? Yeah. I took
1: half a Zan thirteen hours telling ah,
0: shit. I should have known that was coming. Wesley, could you have me out like a light. Why don't you <laughs> why don't you tell us will you tell us um the events that happened after we dropped you off from the crucible? Jermaine was there. <sighs> tell us tell us the story through Jermaine's eyes. And maybe maybe one day we'll have Jermaine on so he could tell us the full story, but but give us the best rundown that you can.
1: Um so from what he told me like the minute you guys dropped me off like you guys had to take me all the way up the stairs knocked on the door he said i fell face first in the door got up sat in his chair started drinking his cup of alcohol i don't know what the fuck went on like besides that and next thing the only thing i remember is waking up in the middle of the living room like what the fuck happened and they told me about it i was like
0: bro They said that they. You also said that they were roasting you for all the shit that we uh, that we drew all over you, dude. When I saw that, I was so fucking pissed. You guys are dicks. (laughs) There's no need to go into what was actually written on you, but you know it was some pretty horrific shit. Yeah. Do you remember pissing all over my bathroom? No. So I actually forgot about that. Also, me and Michael were doing the podcast um, Wednesday. Thank you, Jessica, Um, and. Uh, he was telling me about you were passed out on the on the shitter. And, and I can't tell you how many times yeah. I've done that. Not just here, bro. like in general. Seriously, is it, is it the classic Wesley move?
1: I guess. I mean, from what I've heard, like bro, I went in the bathroom a thousand times, at, like when I was staying on first street and just fell asleep in the bathroom drunk. but like on the toilet, nodding out type <laughs> shit. Bro. It's like I don't know why it just happens.
0: <laughs> Oh shit. Tell us Wesley, you you're you're kind of an a aspiring musician, right? Yeah. Um where did that all start?
1: Um well honestly, like, because I was mainly um right before my mom had died and everything else, I was in like uh Caritas, our Lady of Peace. Okay. As um a student. like I was there as an inpatient for a little bit and no, I was outpacing actually. But um, yeah, I was going there. I was going to school there, and like they had challenged us to write poems and like short story- stories and stuff. And that's when I realized I kind of had a good like idea of what it is like rhyming wise. Mm. But I never really even looked at music. And then this one time, funny story, it was with two of my friends that live like by me downtown, and we were walking to Fourth Street Live. I had my friend's MP3 iPod listening to music. She had wrestling theme song saved. And she had an AJ Styles theme song back when he switched it to like a hip hop with a rock kick in the back. And I was just listening to the song. And I just started rapping out of nowhere. And the only thing I look over, I see them looking at me like, dude. And I'm just like, what? And then I told you... And you were like, bro, yeah, definitely. We should try this shit. And then I remember when we had that phone call where you were just giving me random topics from Star Wars to this to that. And it was like, I was just kind of cocky back then, just on some bullshit and trying to figure out just like how to do things when I was just trying to freestyle. But like I said, I thank you for actually challenging me to write because writing actually gave me some viewpoint. I haven't really recorded anything yet, but I
0: plan on working on that soon. How sad is it that the last project I, I remember looking at you and saying this is the last project I'm ever gonna do. And we knew and I knew it had to be the one with you because we've been talking about it for literal maybe a decade. Yeah. But and we didn't
1: have the name.
0: We never had the name up until up until the we were gonna start the project. Yeah. Up until we actually I'd say started probably a things. year
1: prior. Yeah. A year prior. Like, um, Honestly, even though it was long overdue, I feel like that was going to be a really interesting project because we kind of put a collage of sounds together just to, like, really do something. And that's what I liked about it. I agree. And that's why, like, through a musical journey, I have to keep you with me, bro. That's why I've said it a thousand times because, like, me and you bounce ideas great, whether it's music or anything else.
0: Yeah. And, and so we were working on Addicts of Addiction. Yeah. It was going to be like 30 tracks. Something, yeah. Something we had planned like a really big project. Yeah. Got a lot of it. Like, I, I won't even say half, but we had a lot of it done. Yeah. It, reco- you see, even some of it recorded. Yeah. And then swore up and down that I had that shit backed up. Sold the computer. Only to find out, no, none of that was backed up. And so the only two pieces that we have that remain are rubber tripping. Which was kinda like the defining sound that we were going for through the whole yeah. through the whole thing. Cause I I never really you say, you think I I was pretty good, but
1: Dude, I loved your verse on that song and the way you yeah. sounded on the hook was amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we did we did pretty good with that that entire project. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, even though he doesn't believe it, Devin is a very underrated artist. He's witty and he's smart with his lyrics. He knows how to choose things.
0: Um and then there was um Oh god! What was the one where we did the? It was the Moss Death beat.
1: Uh shit! I know what you're talking about.
0: We had we had we had dubbed in a, a little interview from Charles Manson at the very beginning.
1: Are you talking about success? That's the one. Yeah,
0: that was from that project also.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was. And it's Moss Death, not Moss Death.
0: That was a Moss Death beat. Most, def, most, most deaf, bro. Most deaf. Oh, yeah, I'm, just That's being, his name. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. because it's MOS. So I'm beginning to feel like, the effects of the alcohol. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this man might be kind of inebriated right now.
0: Uh, um, this podcast is for
1: adults only.
0: I uh I, I really think that we especially cuz we started throwing in some idiom, which yeah. which nowadays is kind of commonplace. Yeah. When we first when we first, you know, had that idea to kind of start doing it, you, you there were there were examples. Of people doing it but we were kind of ahead of that curve yeah before it really became mainstream and stuff and
1: honestly I think if we would have really ventured into it more no disrespect to them but like I know the way they do their sound but fuck Macklemore and Ryan Lewis we could have been, <laughs> been better than them I, we could have been better than them we could have been a black and white version of them but we <laughs> I,
0: I don't know if I, I could say that, that we were more talented than Macklemore me definitely not me
1: even though Ryan Lewis is just kind of like the DJ,
0: bro, you still <laughs> like either way. Excuse
1: I think. Uh, have
0: you ever heard uh, what was it, Wings by Macklemore? Uh where he's talking about like Jordans and kind of the hipo- the whole hypocrisy no. of that? That's pretty good. I'll show you when we're done. But
1: speaking of ladies and gentlemen, where the f- where the hell is Mclemore?
0: I have no idea. I don't know.
1: Neither does the music industry. But anyway,
0: <laughs> hot take. Um,
1: maybe two or three hits and he was out. (laughs) Not even big hits either. He had "Same Love," "Thrift Shop," and "Can't Hold Us."
0: I loved that song. Yeah, that was a
1: really good song.
0: That was really that was like my fucking theme song for like a year.
1: And he won Grammy a Grammy for it, I think. If I'm right.
0: Good for him, man. How you like the set so far? Yeah, man, it's pretty dope. It's all coming together. A lot of memories,
1: especially with the light right there.
0: Yeah, the little heart of Graham. Yeah, remember, we've had
1: some classic memories. With you remember that
0: when is. we when we when we would do the um, when we would we would throw the little get-togethers, but we had the enough alcohol for fucking fifty person parties. <laughs> <laughs> but we would get real trippy with it, and we yeah. had to. Me and you would have to go unscrew all the regular light bulbs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I remember most definitely. I forgot. We came up with a name just to psych people out, like there was a character in there or something. Oh like,
0: yeah, what was it? I want to say it was Charlie or Sam or Samuel. Or something, something. It was Samuel. Yes, yes, it, it was Samuel. Samuel. Why? Why did we I do that? I don't know. <laughs> bro, me and you just
1: experimented with everybody else, Whole especially back in the weed smoking days.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, bro, like literally we used to just sit here and watch everybody, like get the walks, get the munchies. Yep. Just do shit, bro. It was some of the funniest fucking shit ever.
0: I remember the first time that that happened. We had a we we had a pretty good sized group of people. Yeah, oh, I won't na- name names just in case they don't want to be outed. But we had a pretty good sized group, and me and you, I think, went outside to I don't know smoke a cigarette or something. we came back in, we noticed that everybody was in conversation. Me and you found ourselves in a u- unique ability. Yeah, to slip in and just fly under the radar, and we just sat at the hot top watching everybody else have conversation, exactly. and, and we would start to notice characteristics of everybody when they started to get really fo- folded and shit. Oh, yeah, and then we then we started doing that all the time. <laughs>
1: Right, dude, I swear, that's what I was saying, like, yeah. bro, we used to just sit and observe half the time, bro, <laughs> which, just watch Which everybody. makes it sound
0: really creepy, but it was just funny.
1: Me and you would be high as hell, bro, <laughs> just watching everybody else. Everybody else would tap out, me and you would still be going back and forth with the ball, like, when you had Nessie and when you had everything else, bro, like, we used to just literally. Darth Vapor. Darth Vapor. I remember when you told you, I died laughing when you literally caught her and said, bring me
0: Darth vapor.
1: And I was like, "Well, why did he say it like that?" It was freaking hilarious. That thing was
0: sketchy as fuck. It looked like Thomas Edison built that in his fucking <laughs> garage. Like, but it was iconic, and it had a lot of smoke. It did have a lot. Of, you were once you put the nug in, you had no oh, yeah, choice you're but gone. to inhale. <laughs>
1: you're fucking gone.
0: Yeah, and then Nessie, I forgot about Nessie. What was the orange one that we had?
1: Um, shit, I don't know.
0: I can't remember the name. I no. re- I remember. Whoa, what?
1: No, you remember when you had your uh, tobacco pipe smoking face?
0: Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> the whole idea was that that you know, because even even back then, I was still trying to make at least somewhat better decisions in my health and stuff, and and I knew smoking was really really bad for you, and I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously not going to quit smoking. How can I do it a little more healthy? And I looked into it. Turns out, you know, it's. Cigarettes are really bad for you. Yeah. Tobacco is also bad for you. But if you just get pure tobacco, you smoke it out of a pipe. It's actually a little bit better for you. Yeah. So I tried. Yeah, no, that was a that was a failed experiment at best. At best. <laughs> he was on his Sherlock Holmes. I sure did. I looked like a motherfucking idiot.
1: Only thing you needed was a like, uh, robe to go along uh-huh. with it.
0: Yeah, I would have loved it. Hugh
1: Hefner type shit.
0: I would have loved it. I would have loved it.
1: That show was comedy. We've had a lot of classic moments. A lot.
0: I remember all the like third, sh- the end of third shift drives home.
1: Oh, yeah. That that was legendary.
0: Nothing, like, nothing will top the morning. And we've talked about this so many times, that nausea even. But that morning, we were fucking blasting. Was it Rella? Yeah. <laughs> Losing our minds at like 8 in the morning on Every Barstown time. Road.
1: Every time. Mainly because of Tyler, the creator's part.
0: That yeah, was pretty good.
1: Knock knock, who's there? <laughs> hey man, that
0: always got us every <laughs> time. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. Do you remember? Do you remember Robo tripping? Yes. You did that with us, right? A bunch of times. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because it was most of the time it was me, you, and, and Jeremy Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, just getting absolute ignorant, dude. And there was only a couple. Even no matter how much we drank, it always seemed hit and miss.
1: Do you remember? Uh, Along with that, that was a part of the Flatbush zombie phase, too. Yes. Yes. We had so many freaking phases. I'm still mad I didn't go to that Hobson concert with you guys. If I would have known I could go, bro, I would have been in that cypher. Yeah, I would have
0: been. It wasn't very. Yeah, because the guys, the all three guys that they pulled on stage were whack. They were terrible.
1: I would have probably got signed by Hobson. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and everybody tells me I look like Hobson, but I don't see it.
0: I don't see it either. It's just because you're tall and dark. Hobson isn't even tall. I think. I think he's tall because he made fun of uh, 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 Kendrick Lamar being short. So he must be at least kind of tall,
1: <laughs> honestly. And th- th- this is the part of the segment where we say ninety percent of your favorite rappers are short, five five and under.
0: <laughs> that is what uh,
1: five five. Yeah, like Little Wayne's like five 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 six. Little Wayne, Lil Bootsy, Tory Lanes, Um, who else? Um. A bunch of them are really short though.
0: Do you think do you think that the local music industry is in Louisville starting to gain some traction?
1: Yes. A thousand percent.
0: More than more than the last like let's say ten years ago. Beyond. Yeah. Could you give me some examples? There's some obvious ones.
1: Yeah, of course. Bryson Tiller, Jack Harlow. Mm-hmm. Um, Rest in peace to Static Major, by the way. He was the guy who was already kind of on the forefront, but he wasn't in the in front of the camera as much. He had been known for being a great songwriter, but he was more behind the camera than in front of the camera. And then, you know, Lollipop came out in 2008 with Lil Wayne, and then after that, he died.
0: No, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. After that, he died. And he's a Grammy Award winner because of that song. But, um... He wrote some, like, really good songs, like Rock the Boat for Aaliyah. I think he wrote Pony for Genia Really? He was a part of, yes. He, he, yeah. Wow. I shit you not.
0: There's a lot of that happening, too. And and maybe maybe it's just I was oblivious to it before, but there's a lot of people that, I, that I'm realizing are starting to actually make a name for themselves, but they spent a lot of time ghostwriting. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Um, one of Jessica's favorites. I don't want to, I don't even want to take the time to look it up because it'll be just silence on the, on the cons. But yeah, I'm noticing that a lot. Um, You talked a lot about, you know, when we were on the, doing the thoughts from the mothership uh, last Sunday, Um, or was it Friday? It doesn't matter. Um we were talking a lot about like music uh inspirations and stuff like that and obviously Michael Jackson was a was the number one for you but yeah always but we couldn't always. we couldn't expand on any of that so let's talk about maybe uh, so if you had to pick a couple people that come up right behind Michael Jackson
1: um good question um i'd say my main influences come like from R&B and soul music so like growing up like michael jackson james brown al green stevie wonder um even as a kid like i'm not gonna lie i watched certain stuff like maybe um like elvis related and everything i was like really deep into music and like michael jackson and paul mccartney's collaborations were awesome to me like the girl is mine and say 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 those were really good songs um like I said, James Brown, Al Green, Sam Cooke, um, who else? Teddy Pendergrass, Barry White, newer artists like Usher, Neo, Chris Brown. Hip-hop-wise, like um, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. Not so much New Drake, but Old Drake. Old Drake. Um, Bryson Tiller, of course. I like Jack Harlow, but I wouldn't put him as like one of my inspirations. He's great though. I, I like what he's doing. He's he's on the come
0: I, up for sure. I, I think he deserves to be where he is. Yeah, he's sure. he's
1: yeah, most definitely. He's a very smart lyricist, and he he's very he's very catchy too. Like he makes stuff you want to listen to. Like his music can gravitate and pull you in, and that's a beautiful thing. Like he said, he wants to write lyrics to where like people in the room can really relate to it. And like when you cut the sound off, people know all the lyrics to it, and that's a dope thing. That's what you aspire for as an artist. But um, like guys like uh, like I said, Chris Brown, um, who else? Uh, Jay Z, Nas. I have a lot of musical inspirations. Like guys like.
0: Well, okay, but you said you said you mentioned um, you know Chris Brown, um, Usher, um. Do you think that those are the people who echo kind of like your early inspirations, like, uh, you know, Michael Jackson, James Brown, do you think that they're the kind of the closest thing that we have in the newer? Uh, yeah, music? That's, for sure. That's for sure.
1: Another thing about like, the reason I like Chris Brown the most is like his dynamic and his versatility because he doesn't just stick with one sound. He can do R&B, he can do pop, he can do hip hop, he can do EDM, he can do everything, He's ventured into all the... Hell, he's even done Spanish music. Yeah. Like, he's done a lot. It's like, and that's what you want. Even Usher has. Usher doesn't rap, but I mean, Usher's ventured into a lot of different lanes. Like, um, one of my favorite Usher songs is uh, Without You, Him and David Guetta. And that was, like, probably 2012, if I'm right. And um, artists who are willing to venture out like guys like, like Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar changing his sound and adding more of like a funk soul
0: tip to it was like something really dope. So that's, you like seeing that in an artist, yeah. the versatility.
1: Yeah. It's like, if you stick with one sound, you're going to get boring. Mm-hmm. It's like no disrespect to Drake at all, but like a lot of his like newer stuff, like coming past, if I would say nothing was the same, like that would, no, way, wait, wait. wait. Because if you're reading this was too late was after nothing was the same. Yeah, right. same. I
0: think so. Yeah.
1: But like after if you're reading this is too late, it's like, that's yes, for sure. Like views, more life. Everything started kind of sounding a lot alike. He had some different songs, but a lot of it started sounding alike. And that's what you don't want. You want to develop your sound. You want to grow. Don't get me wrong. Drake's sound is amazing.
0: Yeah, but it's a like lot, it a lot of people. Time. You're going to piss a lot of people off with this take. they will be okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just your opinion. But a lot, a lot, you know, Drake is ob- and for a reason. I mean, he he do- does definitely have an appealing sound even now. But yeah, I I am in the same field as you. Is I actually enjoy more more the older Drake sound. It, it's I and I have this theory. I have this theory about a lot of artists and and, and in and a lot of different um, categories, not just music, but I feel like. You know, when you're on the come up and you're and you and you haven't made it yet, you put your all into it. Yeah. You put your heart and soul into it. Once you kinda made it, you know, I mean, what else do you have to prove? Yeah. And I kinda have that theory about, about not just again, not just music, but kind of everybody. I mean, you know. Yeah. When you you're trying your hardest when you're trying to make it. And if you're not, then you never make it.
1: Yeah. I agree with that a thousand percent. Like, um, Watching the last dance, the uh, Michael Jordan documentary Mm. about like uh, the 90s bull, like his whole career, honestly. And like seeing the way after three championships, he was ready to walk away pretty much. And they were already calling him the greatest player that ever lived. (laughs) He was like, I have nothing else to prove. I've done it all. I'm the only player that's ever won three in a row besides Bill Russell, of course. I mean, which who won eight in a row back in the 60s. But yeah, like in the modern era of basketball. Like, he was like, I have nothing else to prove. I've done it all. And he was like, he just wanted to go play baseball and live his life different. But he came back, won three more, and was just like, yeah, what, what, what else can I say? Yeah. And it's like, guys in the music industry, sports, it's like, once you reach that pinnacle, a lot of guys, a lot of guys lose their drive. A lot of
0: guys don't. I was gonna say that that you do kind of see that in the sports world also. I've, yeah. I've heard a lot of people. You know, I'm not a big sports guys guy, but I've heard a lot of people make that argument. It's like, you know, you really start to see some really peak athleticism yeah. with guys in college who haven't made it pro yet, right? And then when they go pro, they kind of fits off. Well. Of course, that's not true for everybody, but I have heard that argument made.
1: I agree because um, like a lot of guys, a lot of guys get comfortable once they make it professional. It's like once they go from the college ranks, once they once they get drafted and work from where they wanted to go, they made it to where they wanted to go their whole life virtually. They're like, I'm here. I'm getting paid for it. This is all I need. Yeah. They don't aspire to grow. A lot of them. Which is fine. Yeah. A lot of them just don't want to get better. They get comfortable. And that's what can honestly backfire on you a lot. Like a lot of guys get to a certain point and just fall off. Like one thing I uh like speaking on Michael Jordan again. A thing I was like that I noticed that he did that I even read about in his biography, Michael Jordan won six titles. But after every championship, he never really wore his rings because he said he didn't want to get comfortable mm. because he wanted to go win more. He had that drive. And it's like hell. Even though I'm not a big fan of his Honestly, if he wins the championship in Tampa, he's the GOAT. I'll give it to him. But Tom <laughs> Brady at 43, going on 43, still isn't done. He still wants to prove shit.
0: I'm not a big Tom Brady fan either, but you have to respect what he's done. Yeah. And and, I, and that's coming from a guy who don't even pay attention to sports. You have to give him credit where credit's due. Yeah,
1: and he stays in peak athletic condition.
0: And I know a lot of people will say, you know, oh well, they're 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 cheating and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. There might be a point to be made there. I'm certainly not the guy to make that argument. That's be my point. I'm not but, gonna lie to you. But <laughs> regardless, the man is definitely a, a top tier athlete. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying that.
1: And he did, he never let himself get out of shape. Like said, you see other all time greats like Peyton Manning. Mm. Peyton Manning had neck surgery, gained weight. <laughs> my dudes,
0: of- my dude's doing insurance commercials, dude. <laughs> Still getting paid a boatload for it. Good for him, man. That's all I gotta say. Direct TV with his
1: brother and everything.
0: (laughs) Good for you, man. Make your money. Make yeah. I'll be happy when I can sit back and just read some lines for a commercial, dude. I promise you.
1: (laughs) I want to be like Shaq. (laughs) That's my favorite basketball player of all time. What
0: do you think? And the thing,
1: hold on. The thing I heard about Shaq is Shaq has never really touched his NBA contract money. All the money he's been spending is from his endorsements. That's crazy. Over his career. From Reebok, because uh, he's had Reebok, he's had his own shoe, he's had a bunch of different endorsements, mm. like movies and everything, else, like to where he really doesn't have to spend his uh, NBA contract money because he's done so much.
0: Do you are you aware of the? I, I hesitate to say that this is a fact now, but I'm pretty sure it is. Are you aware of of the fact that Michael Jackson's father chemically castrated him?
1: I have heard about it.
0: To preserve his voice that way? I have heard about that. That's fucked.
1: That's why, contrary to all belief, like, I heard, like, honestly, even though certain, like, women who were involved with him said certain things, like, I've heard to, because of that, Michael was never really sexually active ever in his life.
0: And that wouldn't, I mean, that wouldn't really surprise you, right? No. Because that's... You know, you're you're destroying, you know. I mean, that's because they did it so that they could kind of preserve his, like, boyish sound and stuff. Yeah, because his voice was ultra light. When you look at the rest of his family members, I mean, you can, they're all kind of bigger guys. I yeah. mean, right? Like, and he's kind of dainty and smart. Yeah, he was yeah. anyway, and he kind of moved a little bit. There was something very feminine about him from the beginning, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he just had that quiet element to him. Yeah. Like a thing I also saw like watching like behind the music and everything else cuz like when it comes to like my favorite artists I dig a little deep sometimes. Mm. And um like they said Michael before he would go on stage, he'd be like ultra shy hiding behind people and everything, but when he goes out there he's on at all times. He and just The man clicks. was a performer. Exactly. And that's why like I honestly He's one of the main reasons I fell in love with music. I'll tell people that because the way he controlled a stage, controlled a crowd, like all eyes were on him. In today's generation, it's like you can go to a concert and it's like people in the crowd will be having fun and stuff, but a lot of them, you'll look down if you see some from some angles at concerts, people are on their phones, people aren't really paying attention, people
0: are quiet, people aren't really into the show. Do you think that that's, because of a lack of showmanship or do you think that that's just because i mean because like if you think about it like back when michael uh jackson was performing you didn't really have a like you didn't literally have the world at your fingertips yeah do you think it's more yes or do you think it's both i think technology has changed a lot i agree even in our lifetime i remember um i remember growing up and like obviously the internet was around but like it wasn't like like it is today you still went out and played, you still right? Get, yeah. But now it's like, like, like with my kids, it's like I don't want to stop them from using technology because that's the world they're gonna live in. Yeah. And a lot of people are making tons of money doing that. And it's only
1: gonna advance even more.
0: That's what I'm saying. So it's like at 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 at, at some point, I want to like preserve like that kind of childhood memory that I had growing up. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to inhibit their ability to learn what their world's gonna be like. And so it's weird it's weird do you do you have that balance with uh with justice um like trying to like keep her Thank you. Um, um keep her kind of sh- sheltered from the internet um just to preserve like that kind of pureness
1: like honestly at the same time it's a yes and no factor Yeah me too Because I don't want to just like keep her out Especially when the temp, Like in summertime mm. And the wintertime I don't want to take her out when the temperature is like dangerous when Because it's a, I don't want It's like extreme. I'll take her to the park Let her play Let her run around But if it's like 97 degrees I'm not going to keep her out there super long Right Because I know she'll get tired And I know she'll like Eventually she doesn't even have to be out there long And she'll want to go back in the house mm. And it's like, yeah, she does use my phone. Yeah, she watches TV, but she watches a lot of educational stuff, too. Yeah. Like. um
0: But I, I find myself on both sides because it's like, you know, you, you don't know if if, you know, justice might grow up to be like one of these, you know, huge YouTube influencers or yeah. whatever the fuck it'll be called, you know, when they're adults. And why would you want to stop them from learning the Internet? But at the right. same time, it's like, I don't know, because it, it's like it feels weird to me because yeah. we grew up without that.
1: Yeah, and it's like honestly when you look at it
0: Corona time, baby.
1: Corona time.
0: Not to be confused with COVID. <laughs> right.
1: But no, um, yeah, like when I honestly sit back and look at like she really wants to do music. She wants uh, to do a lot of music. surprising no one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like she uh she sings in the choir with her mom at church. Mm-hmm. She um she low key is learning, like, she hasn't really learned a lot, but she's starting to learn how to play like drums and keyboard and stuff like that. And she's really into it. And crazy thing without me teaching her, even though it's not the original version, her favorite song is a Michael Jackson song, and it's my favorite Michael Jackson song. Her favorite is song it? is Human Nature.
0: Human Nature. Mm-hmm. What's that one? How's that one go?
1: Why? Why? Tell him that is human nature, why?
0: Yeah, I do know that one. That's not, yeah. Okay, I got confused at first because I thought that was the one where he does the music video. No, not. Human
1: nature doesn't have a music video.
0: Okay, see, that's the problem. I thought that was the one. The one I'm thinking of that immediately when you said that, and I don't know why I'm getting confused here, but it's because I don't listen to Michael Jackson as much as you do. The one that, yeah, no. the one that he does... Um, I believe it's in South America, maybe Brazil. Oh, that's, they don't
1: really care about us.
0: That's the one. That's the one. When you said human nature, that's immediately what I thought of.
1: But yeah, just because
0: I don't listen to as much as
1: you yeah, do. Yeah, no. Just like you listen to the Beatles and I don't. Right.
0: I mean, I def- but the difference is I do listen to some Michael Jackson. You don't listen to no fucking Beatles songs. Except for the ones that everybody knows. Pretty much. <laughs> I remember that conversation too. I remember set you like you. You're like I don't even know anybody. I'm like motherfucker. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: And it's yeah. Like do you say goodbye? I say hello, and then help. I need somebody help. <laughs> that song I heard before it was in a commercial. The crazy thing about it, I first heard "Come Together" because of uh, the Moonwalker movie. Because Michael Jackson remade Come Together by the Beatles. In my opinion, I like it better than the original version. A lot of people did, redid that song. It's more up-tempo, and it has more fire to it. But, um, yeah. Like, um,
0: <laughs> there's a lot. Wait. I'm just thinking of how many times you've said, like, um. can somebody at home do a talent?
1: habit. Okay, uh, everybody get your clickers out. <laughs> we're we're going to do a count right now. But, yeah. I um know a few Beatles songs. I probably know 5 or 6. Yeah. I know Imagine by John Lennon. Everybody course, knows that yeah. song like you said, but I know yeah. the ones everybody knows.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Beatles are they're, they're so old.
1: Yeah, and it's like their sound like when it comes to older sound, their sound wasn't, it was okay, but it wasn't as crisp as everybody else's.
0: What I will say about, like, what, what one of the things that I think is really important to keep in mind is they were one of the pioneers of of doing stereo instead of mono. Yeah. And I think that was incredibly important for the music industry. I never sure. really knew that. Yeah, so, like, if you go to listen to a lot of, like, older Beatles songs, if you listen to it with one earbud uh-huh. in, at some times there won't be any audio in that earbud because it's on the other it's- earbud. Yeah. And now, of course, we've gotten a lot better about that. Yeah. But people still do master in stereo format instead of, like, there's a reason there's a left and right earbud, because there's different sounds coming from that. Right. Kind of creates a 360. Yeah, they were. For they, sure. They were one of the pioneers. There's a couple other, but they were one of the pioneers of that.
1: Just like um, just like you said that about them, like, Michael Jackson's sound changed music. Oh, 100%. It's like the instrumentation and the way he did everything really upped it. Him and Prince were two of the guys who really changed the complete sound and surface of music.
0: And the just the the pure amount of money that was being thrown at these guys. Yeah. I mean, it's no wonder that that obviously they changed the music industry. There was so much money being thrown at their feet. They had the ability to literally change how music sounded. Yeah. I mean, and it's, the thing it's about amazing. it,
1: even though he came up with his brothers, everybody knows. The Jackson Five needed Michael more than Michael needed the Jackson Five. Everybody well, that's, knew that's Michael clear based could, on
0: Michael's career. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like you see, Jermaine's the only other one that really tried to go solo, and that didn't work out at all. Yeah, I mean, he had like "Let's Get Serious" and everything, but he didn't have like big hits like Michael. And his sister? Yeah, Jan- no, Janet. Did- we're talking about the guys in the Jackson oh, okay. Five. We're not talking I, about. I
0: thought you were just talking about the family.
1: In my opinion, like stage performance-wise, Janet is the greatest female performer of all time.
0: Of all
1: because that back in her prime amazing dancer amazing vocalist, even this even to this day even though she's in her 50s she can still perform great Mm -hmm. but um yeah like seriously you look at certain people from certain there's always like with bands that come out together there's always that one lasting member Mm -hmm. like in sync Justin Timberlake's the only one to have a successful music, like big music career out of all of them because he was the face.
0: Not just music anymore. Yeah. I mean, the acting, man's well diverse at yeah. this point. Yeah. He's he's amazing. Dick in the box. <laughs> he even kind of did yeah. comedian stuff. You yeah.
1: Know? He's funny as hell. Yeah. It's not gay if it's in a three way. <laughs> the golden rule <laughs> never gets sold. <laughs> But yeah, um he like there's a lot and just like the avenues today it's like artists are continuing more and more to not just do music. They're branching out into acting more, they're changing their sounds, they're they're becoming more diverse and they they're doing a lot.
0: I know you don't know a whole whole lot about um Chance the Rapper. Uh, But Chance and Childish Gambino, and I think I actually heard this from Child Gambino, but he was talking about it because Chance was the one that taught him this. Uh, A lot of their music they put out for free. Yeah. And it's because they they made the argument where it was like, you know, if kids want to listen to this music, they're going to get it for free. Yeah. Like, they're going to get to hear this for free. So instead, why not just try to release it for free or at least some of it and then try to promote their personal brand and make money that way.
1: Yeah. Oh, Chance the Rapper, Oh, Chance the Rapper interview I saw, like, he even said, he doesn't really make profit off his, he makes money off of it because the deal he has with Apple. Mm. Like he sold, he said, uh, the coloring book album to Apple, I think for maybe $200,000, maybe.
0: What a deal.
1: Yeah, no, and that album sold a
0: lot. Yeah, I was going to say that was a great deal for Apple.
1: Yeah, and he won three Grammys off of that project. The thing about it, he said he makes more of his money off of merchandise and ticket sales. Yep. The thing about it, his three hats, the yep. infamous hats. Oh yeah. He said he made six million dollars off
0: of those. Just the hats? Yep. Holy
1: shit! And Chance the Rapper somebody is somebody figure out the how belt. we make
0: hats. Somebody quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but like seriously, uh, a few years ago, Chance the Rapper was worth about nine million dollars. I don't know how much he's worth now, but the thing about it, record labels are still dying to sign this guy. Mm. Even though I don't think his last project was that great.
0: But he's... he's Nobody really thought it was. He's he's very much in the camp of, of not signing with the label, right? He wants to do it kind of on his own.
1: He's not going to sign with the label. And labels are trying to sign him for his net worth. Like, literally, he was worth $9 million getting $10 million record deal offers and turning them down.
0: At what point do you start to just say, <laughs> like, take the money <laughs>
1: man and uh it's crazy like seeing a guy like who uh died last year nipsey hustle
0: mm. like
1: the way he did his thing but it's like he spent so many years underground coming up to where he made money and his name was well known in the streets already as an artist and that's why he said when he actually signed his deal with atlantic he had too much leverage because his name was already out there so well mm. the man Was a pioneer He literally put out the He started the Proud to Pay Act To where he uh, In 2011 if I'm right The Crenshaw mixtape He was selling a mixtape for $100 a piece
0: Like individually?
1: Yep And do you know who's the person who bought 100 copies of that mixtape? Tell me Jay-Z 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 spent $10,000 on that man's mixtape Just because and he sold that mixtape out, like literally, that was a pioneering move. Like he literally, that's why um, it was a great thing to see because he was independent, doing it on his own. And his name was out there well enough to where he could say, I'm putting this out for a hundred dollars and people buy it. That's why he said when he signed with the record label, it was more of a distribution deal before he died. Because he was like, I want to do things on my own terms, still have control of my own stuff, do my own thing, but use them to put my content out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's wild. I mean, being able to sell any one piece of content for $100 to the consumer directly is impressive Power. as hell. That's, that's, I mean, that's like me. Okay. That's like me saying, all right, hey, I've got, I've got. You know, because what was that? How long do you think that mixtape was, if you had to take a guess?
1: Probably about 20, 30 songs.
0: So you got to think, like, what, like, like over an hour. But it's, like, at most, like, what, two, two and a half hours at most? Guessing, yeah. Yeah, just guessing, obviously. But that's, like, me going up to you and saying, hey, I've got two and a half hours worth of of music here. You want to buy it for $100? What, as, like, an investment? No, 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 just so you can listen to it like that's power yeah. that's so much leverage and Nipsey was
1: like honestly one of the smartest artists of our generation like sir, the way he did things and the way he was giving game in his music about like he was telling other rappers the same way Jake Cole was trying to tell the younger generation of rappers on his last album like don't just get the deal go buy jewelry go do this and blow all the money mm. cuz that's how they get you trapped oh yeah in those deals it's when you don't got no more money exactly And you end up having to work your butt off to pay the record label back.
0: Then you're scratching to sign another deal. Exactly.
1: Because the thing about it that's a gamble with the record label. It's like you look at it. Artist CDs will go into stores and go on shelves, even though nobody really buys CDs off shelves. I'm talking about like, yeah. yeah. But either way beforehand, like when they were, it's like artists would their CDs would be on shelves for Ten to fifteen dollars a pop. Mm. That album goes platinum. That's fifteen million dollars. Right. Ten to fifteen million dollars. Yeah. And your own, you might see a million out of that.
0: Oh yeah, the label's gonna get their cut.
1: Yeah, they're taking a majority. That's why any artist will tell you nowadays. J Cole was one of the main ones who said it. You're gonna get your money off the road. Mm. Touring is where you're gonna make your money, not album sales.
0: Yeah, and they're getting. I've I've seen a, a an article about about streaming now because yeah. mostly st- most most people are streaming nowadays and the artists are getting fucked even more off streaming than they yeah. ever were off cds and they were already getting screwed on cds yeah i mean that's crazy
1: yeah man it's like honestly you have to you have to really look into the terms of your contract and you have to know how to work it and you have to have an amazing work ethic
0: who was the band that did the the soundtrack for limitless do you remember who they were the limitless movie yeah the movie
1: with Matthew McConaughey?
0: Yeah. Uh, was he in that one? Where you take the pill and it makes you smarter? I don't think that was Matthew McConaughey, bro. No. He, that's, that's, he certainly wasn't the lead. Bradley Cooper? That's the one. Um, They also did know. gold on the ceiling. You got me on this one. Gold on the ceiling. I got to look it up.
1: But, yeah, like, seriously, um, knowing how to leverage and knowing how to do it, is a major like thing because me, that's something I would not do because the advice I've heard from other artists, if I sign a deal, I'm not touching that money. I'm not even going to play with it because I'm not going to go out here and buy this and that. It's like most I might do is give me a little crib. That's it.
0: It's the black keys, by the way, the black keys were doing an interview where they were talking about how they were getting fucked on Mm -hmm. streaming. Um, and I mean, they weren't, They their biggest album was their first one, you know, where yeah. they did that, where they did that soundtrack or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, they kind of fizzled out after that. I'm a big fan, but whatever. Um, I can only imagine, you know, when, especially when you're such a small, a smaller artist. Like, uh-huh. obviously, Jay-Z is not getting fucked. No. Not first the same man. way, anyway. Not the same way. Diddy's not getting fucked. If, start, if, if Diddy decides to put out a fucking project, he's not getting fucked. Yeah, because he is the label. He's gonna put the yeah, project he's, out. Yeah, of him. he's not worried about any of that.
1: Yeah, Jay Z is the same way now. I mean, Jay Z's been that way for a majority of his career because Jay Z said at first record labels didn't want to sign him, so he signed himself.
0: He's a businessman. Yeah, the he. I mean, say what you want about everything about him, but I mean, the man. The man knows what he was doing. Exactly. He did not. He did not slow down the hustle at all once he started. You know, making it.
1: Yeah, and it's like honestly, when you really look at it, it's like his marriage, him and Beyonce. They can be in love or whatever they want to say. But at the same time, it's like that marriage is a business deal. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that, but there's you cannot you cannot ignore the financial benefits of that powerhouse. of a, Yeah, because, of a relationship. we know,
1: neither one of them is selling out football stadiums by themselves. They do a tour together. They're selling out football stadiums around the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's and that's first off, that's crazy. When you're an artist and you're and you go to a country, a non-English speaking country and you can still sell out. Yeah, it's Indeed. insane yeah america is such a powerhouse for that kind of stuff too mm-hmm. you don't really see, you, you kind of see you know like maybe in the uk uh so every now and then they'll, they'll there's a band or somebody who comes out of the uk um and and they do well you yeah. don't really see that anywhere else
1: yeah and it's like the growth between especially between america and the uk like they support a lot of our artists like crazy yeah like a lot of them like yeah that that's a big deal if you can that's a big segue for an artist and a big deal like chart wise if you can be number one in the u.s and be number one in the uk at the same time that's huge
0: oh yeah the amount of influence that you're putting on the world yeah it it, it's insane i agree and the fact that any one person obviously can't you know any of these big artists aren't, it's, it's not one person. There's an entire team working on this, but you know, just one individual who who started the movement and then got a team behind them enough to influence millions of people all over the world yeah. is crazy.
1: Think about the artists who had to do it back when um, record sales were record sales and not streaming. Oh, yeah. Streaming speeds up record sales, but it's like the crazy thing about streaming is like money wise a artist has to get to make a million dollars off of streams you have to like have a billion streams
0: yeah but um that's what i'm saying they're they're kind of yeah.
1: fucked <laughs> because it's like traditional record sales were way different even though artists were only getting pennies on the dollar back then still like uh will smith put an emphasis on point in the uh will remix with jared lucas mm. he was like i sold 60 million records when people had to actually go to the I store love that line Where they had to actually wait in line and go to a store and get it. Way before iTunes and the fans had to get CDs to love that line. And that's, that's really a testament to like. The older. Yeah. Yeah they have to actually go out and purchase the album. It's not just go on YouTube, go on Spotify, do this, do that.
0: And especially in a world where nowadays you can literally get you never you never have to leave the house. Yeah, you don't. You never have. If you don't want to, you never have to leave the house uh, as long as you got money. Right, man. That's all you have to do. I so mean. and 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 to be able to say that people would leave their house and still go buy CDs in a in a in a world where it's like that. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, man. What do you make of what do you make about this whole Kim Kardashian and and Kanye West thing going on? <sighs> what do I make of it? Yeah, do you do you know anything about it? Any that other? whole relationship
1: was bound to be drama from the start, honestly. That relationship was built to be like a media frenzy. Like honestly, there's couples that are couples to be together and couples to be together because of power and influence. And the money they can make.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, honestly, a lot of these couples are set up by record
0: labels,
1: media, everything. You think so?
0: Yes. That's a bold claim.
1: Dude, PR relationships are huge in the music industry. Why do you think half of, Ergo, going back to him, why do you think half of Drake's relationships with famous women haven't lasted that long?
0: One more time. Hit me with the question again.
1: I said, why do you think, like, a lot of, even though he hasn't been with a lot, a lot of famous women, like, why do you think his relationships with some famous women haven't lasted that long? Like, Jennifer Lopez. I that mean, was a publicity stunt.
0: You think so? Yes. He, wait, um, uh, who was the one that, that he worked with on Mr. and Mrs. Smith?
1: Oh, uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah.
0: I mean, they fell in love on set, right? From what I
1: heard, but at the same time, you knew that would take the movie up a different level. If it's That's elected. a fair
0: point. It is. That's
1: a fair point. Because it's like, and then the media circus that surrounded it. It's like he was with Jennifer Aniston when the movie started. Yeah. Drops her, get, gets with Angelina before the movie like really drops or right around the time.
0: Hollywood's crazy. It is. You got to be a special kind of crazy to make it there.
1: Yeah. And it's like crazy thing about it. It's around the time Drake dropped more life. And um, he had a song on there Where he sampled uh, Jennifer Lopez And he was gonna do a whole video For it and everything I don't know what happened It was a song called Teenage Fever mm. And he sampled a Jennifer Lopez song And it's like They didn't even stay together that long They were together maybe Shit a few weeks And
0: Drake's all his feelings <laughs> Ergo Kiki do you love me <laughs> I can't I don't want to say it's the like, words. I want, honestly, want you to be demonetized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I'm a Drake fan, but at the same time Drake's music has digressed, I'm not gonna
0: lie. I mean again. They'll come out with a
1: few good songs here and there, but it's like
0: There's so many people that are gonna disagree with you on that. They can disagree. I mean, yeah, because it's all opinion based. Yeah, feel free. I'm right there with I what I really miss most about about Drake is Especially like his really early work, where he was literally it was it was rap, it was yeah. hip hop. It was not this kind of. I mean, and he is kind of the one that that made hip hop what it is now. the The sound that we're hearing now yeah. is because of Drake. So Drake I mean, did I guess a lot. I guess in, in a way you have to give you you definitely need to give him props for that. Yeah, but like there was something really just you could just tell the kid had a lot of skill. Yeah, you know that the verses on um. If he writes, I'm going in. Well, yeah, that's a different conversation. But like, I'm going in. The verse he had on that, yeah, that was fucking flame. Yeah, and there was some real lyrical, you know. And now it does sound like even if he doesn't have Ghost Riders, which you know, I don't. I'm not still waiting. (laughs) I'm I'm not. I'm not versed enough in that to make that argument. But but I ain't gonna lie, that that I'm still that I'm going in versus classic. That whole, all of his sound nowadays, it does sound like there's a team behind and they are definitely trying to make money.
1: I give his producer ultra credit. 40 is an incredible producer. Like the beats behind Drake, the uniqueness behind his sound, especially which we still can say to this day, even eight years after, Take Care is Drake's greatest album.
0: He has not topped it. So many people. He has not topped it. There are people screaming right now. He is
1: not. It's true He has not made an album better than Take Care He hasn't
0: Wesley I, I am so happy That you were my first guest on Down to Earth
1: I'm grateful brother I'm grateful um, I'm happy to
0: be here We're definitely going to do this Me and you are going to have to have a couple episodes I feel like Oh yeah you already know <laughs> um, But uh, that's going to be um, everything For today's uh, episode on Down to Earth um, Wesley thanks for coming on again you can find Wesley on Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram, Wesley is there anything else you want to add and or plug
1: um, just plug Gray Man Media one time for the episode <laughs> plug my brother on the other end Devin Gray, follow him on all social media if he hasn't told you already um, and just love to everybody out there, hope y'all staying safe
0: awesome, alright again for Gray Man Media I'm Devin, don't forget a new episode of Thought from the Mothership airs this Monday and we'll see you next week